Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so, you know, today we say goodbye to the good Aretha Franklin. I tell you, and I think we said goodbye enough because that was a 10-hour funeral. (laughs) 10 hours. That's a lot. So uh, we definitely said goodbye to the Queen this week. And also John McCain. He's a, a hero uh, he, he, he sacrificed a lot for this country. We had a chance to say goodbye to John McCain. Also, we say goodbye to the bad like the idiot that shot himself on Facebook Live. You know, some people are kind of upset with me because they're like, Michael, you know, that's so insensitive. You know, you're just so insensitive, insensitive, like, oh, my God. You know, you are on Facebook Live. You put a gun to your head and you shoot yourself. You know what? Thank you for thinning the herd. Goodbye. Say la vie. Uh, you you just helped us out just a little bit. You know what? So if you're upset because I say we're thinning the herd, then you know what? That's too bad. You know, his mother should have had an abortion. Also, we we say, you know, uh, goodbye to that idiot that pointed his, a cell phone at an Uber driver. Who does that? So he, he, he runs this guy off the road. He jumps out of his car. He pulls out a cell phone and says, I got a gun. I'm going to shoot you. And he also sends text messages about it beforehand. And so this guy shoots the Uber driver, shoots him in the chest and kills him. And people are upset because I said, you know what? We're thinning the herd. It's there. Listen, people, there are times that you just have to sit and decide, you know, there are some people that should not be with the rest of society. We got to let them go. Just let them go. You know what? I'm sorry. It, it, it's it's this truth. You know, just let him go. Sometimes you just have to do that. So I'm sorry that you're upset with me. You know, don't send me any messages on Facebook. You know, don't send in little messages saying, you know, Michael, you need to take this post down. I don't take posts down. You don't like what I say. Then that's tough. Sorry. It, it stays up. It is what it is. We're thinning. The, we need to thin the herd. There's some people we need to release from society. They're they're not fit to sit with the rest of us. So we're going to talk about that, going to talk about Aretha Franklin, the queen of soul, John McCain. Yeah, he was a hero. Uh, and, I, and I like the fact that John McCain, even on his dying bed, he said, John McCain said, you know what, John, do you want the president to particip- participate in your funeral? He was like, no, never. Ain't going to happen. I, th- I thought it was hilarious. 
You know, he, he stood strong. He, you know, even on his dying bed, his last breath, he was like, no, tell the idiot stay in D.C. You know, it is what it is. You know, but hey, he is my president. I, you know, I do support him. I do support the president. I, I, I do also like John McCain and what he stood for as well. Uh, but these are just some things that we're, we're going to talk about today. Also inside the studio, we have some good friends of mine. Are you guys from UT? Uh, yeah, I, I went is. to UT. I met him. He was living nearby UT. And we so just, tell him, what's your name? Uh, I'm Dingo Boy. From, Dingo Boy. <laughs> and I'm Robert Jordan. Robert Jordan. And you guys have a podcast. Yeah. We're and it's called what? Trigger, Trigger Morning. Morning. Trigger Morning. What is Trigger Morning all about? Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's not exactly a political show, but, um, oh, am I not close enough? Um, it's not exactly a political turn, show, but we're just talk, like... Gotta talk dirty oh, to the mic. Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry. Get sexy with <laughs> We're sharing, we're sharing a, mic a mic here. So it's yeah. a little bit... That's you know, okay. We share it's, everything. It's <laughs> nice. We'll take that up later. Yeah. Um, we just kind of, you know, want to talk to people from all different walks of life, you know, maybe bring some people back to center. There's a lot of derangement syndrome going on. The center? This. What is a center? Well, What's left? What's right? W- willing to have a conversation. Willing to talk. Yeah. Uh, not even left and right. Like, I don't look at us as, you know, a right-wing podcast or anything i look at this as just trying to reach out and talk to people just reach out and touch someone yeah i think we're trying to mix a little bit of the uh like like uh what like our president said just grab him by the yeah just grab him i can't reach out and grab him (laughs) yeah because i said i'll get in trouble i think we're kind of trying to combine a little bit of the early morning radio show aesthetics where it's a lighthearted, silly program at its at its core but also jumping on and talking uh, you know about some serious issues like like what we did with you we were having fun but then we were also trying to solve world hunger and peace and the Look, source saw, of compassion in the these world. These guys had me on their podcast, and let me tell you, we solved the gun control yeah, issues it's over. on it's over. that like, day. We're, we are posting it today. You guys can it, go it check took, it out. It took uh, two hours. It was three hours. I don't even yeah, know how long it was. It was like two and a half hours of us just drinking and having a good time. All I know is when I made it back to the office, I was in trouble. <laughs> Everyone's calling me. The world had come to an end. My employees were texting me. My mother was texting me. My siblings were texting me. Everyone's texting me. The FBI, the ATF, Everyone's like, we need information from you right now. Where have you been? Uh, <laughs> I disconnected myself from two hours. Chill, people. Well, that's exactly kind of the, I think, the feel we're going for is just to come in and disconnect from, I think people just build so much of a political ego right now that we just want to have a, a a place where people can come hang out, talk about things that they're serious about. Because I think ideas are kind of the new music mm. in a sense, you know, because all because of the internet genres, if you think of cultures of ideas as genres, we're kind of localized in a, in a serious way. And the internet is completely open the floodgates and so i just want to kind of jump in that those waters and mix the genres up and uh hang out and talk to people without taking it so seriously so what are some of the topics you guys talk about besides uh, guns well guns, uh, guns. sciences yeah guns. i think in our first episode you say we're guns about... i just get a heart on but don't oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so do we it's okay um we uh, we talked about like uh quantum physics in the first episode yeah for, I... like maybe like Okay, that, minutes now that'll put me like to that. sleep. Yeah, oh, <laughs> he can go on for hours. Are you yeah, serious? I, I studied yeah. chemical engineering, and I just really can I, you make I, it sound sexy? I, it is. I mean, at its core, it, it, it is. You I say think core. I'm getting they, there. They just they just <laughs> ruin it in school. Like I'm, I talked to you a little bit about that. Right, I give think, me some quantum physics. Uh, to make it sound sexy. Well, uh, okay. So oh, put me on the spot here. Uh, I would say that the, uh, the some of the most interesting things that are going on right now is you know in the probing into the actual fundamental nature of reality oh, at its at its most deep core oh, like when you're deep. you're studying the things that are going on at the uh, particle accelerators Ooh, and there we're really discovering that that even though you're sitting in front of me you're really in made up of, of a giant <laughs> pile of 
probabilistically okay, behaving we're done. particles. Oh, right? <laughs> you made it. You did it. All right, okay. you there? <laughs> okay, you did it. I'm, I'm, I'm getting sweaty. I'm going to have to unbutton my shirt. That's 100% okay, hanging right. out with this guy. Yeah, I'm sorry. And that this is your roommate as well. Well, uh, no, no. No, no, no. You guys are roommates? No, no. No, but we, we just record there. Oh, okay, okay. All right, cool. Now, and also, we have inside the studio, step up to the mic, Kyle Austin. What's up, Kyle? Nothing much. How's it going, Michael? All right, tell people, what are you doing? So right now, I'm running for office, Texas House District 49. State uh, representative. State representative. District 49. Try it. Try and, who, and who is your opponent? Gina Hinojosa. Ah, uh, yeah, we got to get rid of her. Ooh. Ooh. Have her on, have a conversation. Go. She doesn't want to talk to me. Got to go. Maybe I'm we can get her on Facebook. Trigger Morning. Trigger Morning, both of us at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Live debate. Live yeah. debate, yeah. <laughs> All right, so you see what we're talking about. We got a lot to talk about. We're saying goodbye to Aretha Franklin, saying goodbye to John McCain. We're saying goodbye to the guy that shot himself on Facebook Live. And also the one who jumped out of his vehicle and said he, was, he pointed a cell phone at the Uber driver. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Folks, this is Doug Mann Jones. And I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. We're talking about Aretha Franklin. We're saying goodbye. We're saying goodbye to John McCain, the Honorable John McCain, Senator. We're also saying goodbye to some idiots out there that took themselves out, like the one that did it on Facebook Live, the one that did it by way of an Uber driver, uh, saying, you know, making little threats like that and, and pretty much getting the wrong vehicle, just cut off the wrong vehicle and jumped out of his vehicle with a cell phone in his hand, pointed the cell phone at the Uber driver, saying, I got a gun. I'm going to shoot you. And the Uber driver, who happened to be a, a law enforcement officer in training or recently graduated uh, from the uh, police academy, pulled out his gun and stopped him, shot him right in the chest. And someone asked, you know, where's the crew? Where's everyone else? Well, you know, uh, Zach is out of the country right now. He's actually in the U.K. on vacation. Must be nice. Uh, he's living it up. And he's actually he just registered to do a run. He's doing a 200 mile race. Oh, man. He's going to run for 200 miles. He's doubling it this time? Yeah, he just he just did his 100-mile race. Be 400 next time? What's exactly. going on here? I was like, man, dude, I need to, you know, we need to do some domestic partnership stuff going on here, and I need to get some insurance going on here. Because 200 miles, you're not going to make it. Oof. But, hey, we're there for him. Also, Janai is out of, she's out of, out of town right now. She's on vacation, living it up at some kind of national park somewhere. And I don't know where Felicia is. She's just MIA. So we'll just talk dirty about Felicia. She just didn't, <laughs> she didn't call me, didn't text me, didn't say nothing. She just didn't show up. So I don't, I don't know what's going on. You know, millennials, you know, you just can't trust them every now and then. So, yeah, that's, and so we, but you know what? We have great standby people here today. Uh, so we have our podcast. What's your name? Uh, I'm Dingo Boy from Dingo uh, Boy. Trigger Morning with my co-host here. Robert Jordan. All right, and it's called Trigger Morning. Why do you call it Trigger Morning? Uh, it's a play on the words from uh, Trigger Warning. And uh, like I said, we're kind of imbuing a little bit of those uh, early morning show aesthetics so it can be, you know, lighthearted enough that we don't have to be super serious. Uh, and so it's a play on the, the two of them, you know, that we're going to wade into things that people are going to find offensive and if they're angry all day that they shouldn't listen to our show. 
Uh, but we're also getting to that morning show. And so we first ran into each other at like UT, right? Uh, no, I took your class. Okay, you took the class. Uh, yeah, I took your class. It was superb. All right, I'll plug that all day as a customer. Excellent. Anyone that's listening, take his class. Um, but we we both actually took your class, and we may have seen oh, each yeah. other. Did you go to the UT uh, campus carry protests? Oh, always. I'm always there. I pro- we probably ran into each other there as well, but it was a while ago. Okay. And someone asked, uh, Donald said, what is a dingo boy? Oh, a dingo boy? Because I know what a dingo berry is, but what is a dingo boy? That, uh, I don't know why, where, where it actually came from, other than that was my uh, name during a D&D campaign once. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. So as long as you, okay. All right. So inquired minds want to know. Now you know, Donald. I had no idea. Right, so uh, and, and and so, tell me a little bit about campus carry. So why is why do you think campus carry was so important to pass here in Texas? Um, well, I think the we've seen situations on campus uh, like there was that murder of that girl. I believe her name was uh, Haruka. Uh, and, Riser, and yeah, I was told and, and I just, was told never to ever say her name. They like don't you ever say her name, Haruka well, Riser. That's that's ridiculous. Because you're a gun advocate. Yeah. Oh well, so, apparently I'm not allowed to say her name. Yeah, well, Mike, yeah, Michael had the audacity who, who, who to suggest that she may have been able to defend herself. She would have been. Yeah, well, that's what really angered the the campus, uh, the anti carry crowd was that I saw. Well, no, I think that that the uh, you know because they're all about feminism there, and I I just pointed out that I think that being able to carry your firearms is an inherently feminist thing because there is a natural power differential between men and women when it comes to just the ability to enact physical violence, and so giving something that is a power equalizer is an inherently feminist tool to me, but they really don't like that angle because it creates that that uh, ego compromise where, you know, their two ideals are opposing each other. So and We just had something crazy happen Saturday morning yesterday where <clears throat> a guy actually shot a lady um, actually in the face at an Austin hotel. Mm. That happened really? Saturday morning. Yeah, so at some point... You know, ladies, everyone, you got to take your own personal safety in your own hands. Yes, a lady, a woman was shot in the face early Saturday morning <clears throat> in a North Austin hotel. And police say the suspect shooter is still at large. So they still haven't caught the guy. Uh, and there's there's a problem with crime here in Austin. Crime is actually, it's actually increasing in Austin. The reason crime is increasing in Austin is because our police officers don't have a contract. So the fact that they don't have a contract, they're not working as hard. They're like saying, hey, you, I don't have a contract. Um, you're not paying me, you know, uh, to do enough for overtime or I'm not getting overtime, uh, which they depend on that. And also, by the way, you're not paying me when I write a ticket. You're not paying the police officers to go to court. So they say, hey, so if I write someone a speeding ticket, I'm only going to get paid for like 15 minutes or whatever it is to to go to court. And I sit there all day. Yeah. So why would I write a ticket, you know, and. And I'm not getting paid for it. So they're not enforcing a lot of things right now. So crime is actually increasing. Do you know that every Bitcoin ATM machine in South Austin has been robbed? Every single Bitcoin ATM machine in South Austin. Do you know that FBI, the federal authorities, are not investigating that because that's not a regular ATM? Yeah. It's not a regular ATM. So what's happening is the Austin Police Department are the ones that are tasked to investigate that. So that means no one's been caught. Do you know they're at... They're almost like at a million dollars has been stolen from Bitcoin ATM machines in this in this uh, state. Actually, over a million dollars in the state of Texas have been stolen from Bitcoin ATM machines and no one's been captured. 
you have any idea how they're being robbed? Like, is oh, what the it's 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 classic. They actually go in in the middle of the day, grab. two o'clock in the afternoon, pepper spray the the employees, Ooh. and then just crack open the machine. Well, they better not try that at your store. No. I don't so, think so. Needless to say, the only only place that has not been broken into is Central Texas Gunworks. All right, that's a, is that a challenge out to the robbers right now? <laughs> Go for it. Make my day. <laughs> I dare you. Please do. I've there. Do got something for you. I got. I write names on my bullets. Let me tell you. <laughs> I have a little marker and I just scratch something on it. Does that I show premeditation? No, not at all. I wish you would. Please do. You're invited come on in pepper spray me <laughs> um but yeah i guess going back to the campus carry for just a second i've i've had in, uh, incidents with like the ho- homeless around there after that that uh, horrific murder they they cracked down they had uh like massive squads of uh like motorcycle police right after that but for a long time there was a church on the drag mm-hmm. on guadalupe mm-hmm. where there would just be like 60 of them just you could see them shooting up in broad Ooh. daylight they got into bad batches of k2 and would just be walking around in circles mm-hmm. and then there there's times when i'll be on campus until like 3 a.m sometimes and you know walking home from that in the middle of the night um yeah i don't know i think we talked a little bit on your show about how i think the high school environment can be really damaging and keep people in kind of a suspended childhood because when i go there they're like everything will be safe we're in school i'm like Dude, I just got chased down the street with a hobo smashing rocks together. Yeah, I had an incident where a hobo chased me down the street while he was cracked out going, keep running, I'm coming. And I'm like, yeah, guys, I'm sure the school resource officer will take care of us. And see, things like that never happen to me because I'm just like, come on. Yeah, come on. Come, come and on. take it. Come yeah. on. You, you the only person crazier you, than the hobo is you, me. You can't take from the willing. Come on. Let me see what you're working with. Oh, man. Crazy. And so also in the studio, we have my favorite libertarian. Oh, thank you, Michael. Absolutely. You are your favorite libertarian? He's my favorite. (laughs) You're my favorite podcaster. He's my favorite libertarian. There we go. Yeah, absolutely. Pleasure to be here as always. Uh, So what do you what's the libertarian party up to uh, this month? This month, uh, we're we've got our gubernatorial candidate. Mr. Mark Tippett has been going around. Mark Tippett, let me tell you, and I'm paying close attention to Mark Tippett because this guy, you know, he's pro Second Amendment. Unlike you know some people who are saying, "Hey, you know what? I'm pro Second Amendment, but I think we should have red flag laws." <laughs> you know, and and th- we saw this week what the red flag laws really mean. We saw that in Florida, they have a red flag law in Florida. We also saw in Florida they raised the age limit to who can buy any firearm at all from 18 to 21. And we still saw one commit a shooting, kill several several people. So those red flag laws, also raising the age limit, does nothing. Also in Maryland, this guy was from Maryland. So they have the age limit in Maryland. They have the, the laws in Maryland. And it did nothing to prevent that shooting at all. Mm-hmm. So we cannot legislate crazy. But yeah. But I, yeah. So tell me good stuff about Mark Tippett. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, he actually was one of – he spoke – uh, out against the red flag laws at the hearing that they had there at the Capitol. So he's been going around the state doing awesome things, uh, representing the party really well. He was here a couple of weeks ago for Pride uh, in Austin, as well as the uh, Marijuana Policy Conference. So Mark's been doing great. Our Senate candidate, Neil Dykeman, has been traveling around the state as well. So he's going to be facing off with uh, Robert O'Rourke and Rafael Cruz. Uh, in that Senate. I, know, I wish they used their real names. My goodness. What is this Beto crap? And what is this Ted crap? Yeah, I'm, I refuse to use their fake names. I'm, I'm going to call Raphael. them Raphael. Robert Francis O'Rourke and Raphael Edward Cruz. Is his name Raphael? Yeah. 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 
Yeah, that's his first how does, name. How does he? How Rafael did he become? Cruz. I mean, I know I became Dingo, but I'm not ready to drop Like, how do you just become Ted? Yeah, let me tell you. It's not even. It's not even an abbreviation. We just run a spoofy internet show. Yeah, like, <laughs> but how do you get Ted from Raphael? Like, that's also where I'm lost. Yeah, no, because he goes. His middle name's Edward, so he. Oh, he so he just added Ted word. On so basically, <laughs> basically, Robert is a white guy appealing to the Hispanic population by using Beto, oh, right. and they're oh. falling, they're falling for the okie doke. Yeah. Let me tell oh, you, they are. We haven't done Which anything way, like, for Hispanic you, but we're going to do something for you this time. <laughs> We've never done anything for you in the last 30 years, but I promise this time we're going to do something just for Look, you. Look, guys, we changed his name. <laughs> <laughs> because I changed my name. Yeah. Oh, sure. my goodness. Uh, I tell you. All right, so we have inside the studio, we got, uh, let's see, what's the name of the podcast? Because I'm not Trigger Morning. Be. Trigger Morning. Oh. I got to remember that. I got, a, I got a young lady that's coming to see me. She's a trigger happy, and we're going to talk about her a little later. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hey, this is AWR Hawkins, Breitbart News. You're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Listen to Talk 1370 anytime, anywhere with the all-new Radio.com app. Check your phone's app store or visit Talk1370.com slash app. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. You get knocked down, you got to get back up again and get back into that fight. No matter what happens, don't let them get you down. All right, so we're talking about a lot today. You know what? I, I want, we, we have in the studio, first of all, Trigger Morning. That's the name of the podcast. It's called Trigger Morning. We got Rob Jordan and Dingo Boy. And, and oh. <laughs> what's the howling? What is that? Was, you know, I, I don't even know if dingoes howl. Aren't they marsupials or something? But I imagine them howling in my heart. I, in my I heart, you know what dingo is. is it like still, a, it's like a dog-like creature a, yeah. from like what Australia. Australia. Yeah. It ate a baby once. <laughs> dingo <laughs> ate a baby. Okay, yeah. well, first of all, let me let me check you because this is America. So <laughs> I need an American dog. No, it's a, we're broadcasting to the internet, <laughs> so it's everywhere. <laughs> all right, so get checked back. Oh, right, <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> All right, so tell me, you know, all right, so when it comes to the Second Amendment, you know, our problem in this country is the fact that we're not disciplining our kids, I think, is the one of the, the big problem. And not just the Second Amendment, just anything. Uh, children, the family is the problem. Parenting is the problem. Parents are not disciplining their kids. Whenever I look at the majority of situations online or different cases in court or different news story, I, I always say, I look at them and I say, you know what, man, that's going to be a parenting issue. You know, got to look at the parents. What's going on there? So, you know, so let me ask you, uh, Dingle Boy, were you yes, disciplined sir. as a child? Oh, yeah, I think we got into a little bit of that on the uh, podcast relaying the story about my uh, karate sensei slash uh, philosophy tutor when I was about eight years old. I used to be really rambunctious, and he, uh, I used to always, I used to just be that kind of mentality that I'd just poke at somebody until they got annoyed. And he just grabbed me by my heels one day and picked me up and just dunked me in the litter box for a good couple of minutes. They so dunked you by <laughs> your head in the litter box. <laughs> yep, yep. I think it did me, uh, did me some good. But uh, <laughs> well, let me ask Rob. So, Rob, were you disciplined as a child? I was, but in a very different way. How I would, were you disciplined? Uh, I, I would get kicked out of the house in like twenty degree weather, you know, and I would. Uh, what did you do that you, they would I, kick you, you out? Uh, what would I do that? Yeah, because you seem know, like, really laid back now. I I am. I've had a total change. Of so you were really hyper a, then. 
Um, yeah, fighting with my brothers, sisters. Just you know, rotten to the core. Just, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, he's still, yeah. he's still rotten to the core. Don't <laughs> is he? Is he? Yeah, he's just, is he? Yeah. So, so what do you boy. do? I mean, what... What did they do? I, well, you know, I, um, I'd i get kicked out, and I'd go wandering around El Paso, Texas, you know, for a while until it was just like, I can't take this anymore. I got nowhere to stay. It's, you know, either 106 degrees like, or it's Can I come back degrees. home, please? Yeah, I promise you know. I'll stop. So the, the elements so, uh, disciplined you. It took, it, 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 took, yeah. it, it, it took a few years of that, honestly. It, took, it was like five or six and years. And so you of, came online, and now you behave. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely. like, Mom, I love you. Mother's Day. Yeah, absolutely. I talk to her every day. I, yeah, wow. Uh, we have such a, a better relationship. If you discipline your kids, when you get older, they'll come back and they're like, hey, mom, they'll call you later on down the road. But if you don't discipline them, once they get out of the house, you're not coming back. And I also think, like, again, I brought that up on the podcast. I just don't think that school, like, I never really went to school. I never set foot in a high school. Uh, I basically just dropped out. Um, and, and homeschooled myself with the internet. But I don't think that school is providing a good psychological development Mm. structure because, and I think primarily that is that the people that you interact with on a yearly consistent basis aren't even the teachers. You even switch between teachers eight times a day. It's your peers. It's your, it's your fellow students. So you don't have any wisdom really being passed down to you consistently or people that are tracking your growth. I disagree. You disagree? I, I wasn't homeschooled. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying it's a pure necessity, but I think it's one of those things where... That's parenting. It goes back to parenting. Of course. Of course. But I also don't think sending a kid eight hours a day, five days a week out mm-hmm. of the home, maybe both parents working... And then having essentially the kids raise each other, because that's what that turns into. I don't know. Speak for yourself. I grew up in the hood, and it was the ghetto. We didn't have AC, and when we went to school, we had AC. I enjoyed school. Well, that's, I mean, that's but, fair. Because I like, I had food. It was hot food. You know, we had AC. When I went home, you know, we're, you know, oh my goodness, are we having dinner? I don't know. Well, see, I think that could be replaced with other communal structures. And I think historically, see, I'm not religious, but I can recognize that historically the church played a big part of that role. You know, and I think that we've looked to the state to fulfill a role which it cannot fulfill. Okay. Part of it, too, is is the way that the education system is designed, again, vis-a-vis the state, is it was designed back in a day where you had, you know, the, the assembly line. They were preparing kids to be assembly line workers. And that's not the case anymore. That's not the world we live in. So, in essence, it's public schooling is kind of designing kids to be uh, tax and debt slaves. Like yeah. You're going to go to college. You're going to get yourself in 50 to a couple hundred thousand dollars in debt, depending on what you want to do. Then you're going to work a nine to five. Yeah. And, and I know it's going to be your life. See, I know Rob agrees with me. So, Rob, you you tell me, you know, uh, you did you weren't homeschooled. Uh, no, but I did drop out of high school. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna get me. I, I'm sorry. You, yeah. And next. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, no, back but, the ranch. But I, you know, I went back and I, I actually didn't go back to a public school. I went to a charter school, and I think that's actually where. Why did you drop out of school? Um, I had a lot of. I was getting in fights all the time. I was. Uh, I just I, I not know, see I this. Yeah, it's hard to see. I know. You're just like the most. You're just I so had, quietly. The duality of man, the yin uh, and the yang. I had I had piercings, <laughs> piercings all over my face. You know, like black clothes is annoying. Like. Pants with like Typical chains on them. Oh man, <laughs> that's kind of my point though. Is that, <laughs> I call that it like in, I see it. we all? Got, I went. Oh man, I was an angry teenager too in a lot of ways, and I think that uh, a lot of that is like psychological, even brain development. Like men gr- tend to grow out of criminality by around twenty five. Like if you actually look at the crime statistics of when people are, especially males, are in their most like criminal prone behavior uh, ages, it's it's it ends around twenty five usually. Um, 
And I think a big part of that is the school system doesn't actually address young, angry males in any capacity. And see, well, you, you're triggering people right now because now I got messages flashing at me. Yeah, school, saying, we see, the problem school. is right now, you, the majority of your shooters are white males. So what do you oh, say? Is that, people, is that, wait, oh, what oh is my that, goodness, is, they're flashing at me right now. They're saying that's white male, but what does the race have to do with it? I have no well, idea. That, don't, don't, white, don't white people make up the majority of this country? I don't know, do well, they? And not only that. <laughs> If you're talking about mass shooters, you're completely discounting the city of Chicago, sure. where of course, mass yeah. shooters are predominantly right. minorities. Hey, and they no, nobody cares when it's oh, yeah. a bunch of black kids. Don't no, say right. that. Don't say nobody that. cares. <laughs> nobody cares. It's only cut his mic, please. It's only if you're getting separated at the border that that the left starts to care about you know people of color. You know, it's yep. when they're getting murdered in the streets in Chicago yep. every weekend. Nobody cares. There's not a good token narrative there, though. You know, when we're yeah. talking about kids at the border, it's like oh, you really they're... don't have to go that far. You just go to let's see. Uh, ben white and congress and look on the service road you'll see little homeless camps there mm-hmm. and the mayor uh mayor adler is so busy going to el paso to talk about people who are not even citizens and he's not taking care of the people here in austin nope. i mean it's sad it's- i look on bit honestly people don't take my word for it just ride on ben white just take a stroll on ben white and go just between congress and i-35 look to your left slightly to your right before the service road just take a look on the side you will see something that's amazing it is sad it is so sad we have people suffering they're living and it's it's 100 degrees outside easily yeah. And it's 100 degrees, and they're outside in the sun, no shade whatsoever, and they're living on the on the side of the highway yeah, right here in Austin. That's kind of why City. I went back to the psychological role that, that uh, at least on a societal level, that religion used to play. And as we've moved away from religion, and again, I'm not religious, but it's it's fascinating to read Buddhism is all rooted around suffering and a response to suffering so in many ways. <laughs> I, I get a lot of Buddhist philosophy, but I was also going to say Christianity see addresses. See, the, addresses. The way you sit in the chair, I can see you like, you know, I got into meditating for a while. Game. I got really I think meditating is actually really good, uh, like emotional, like psychological grounding mechanism. If you can get into that state where your ego is That's no longer thinking, it's a wonderful place to be, um, you know, at least to give you that perspective. It's kind of like, you know, doing mushrooms or something like that that makes you go, oh, man, all the things that I, I think and talk myself into all day don't have to be true. But again, Again, going back to it, I think that religion used to at least motivate people to address the suffering in their backyard now. And I think a lot of the neuroses you see on a political scale now uh, is is because people are trying to address it via grand narratives. Mm. You know, so they're trying to scale it up to everything. It's like, oh, no, it's like, well, you know what? How about you just go help somebody that you see in pain? Well, that's part of it, too, is, is everybody's got a hero complex, especially with with social media. So they're getting flooded and they're they're wanting to, to you know, comment on everything that occurs and have an opinion on on every issue that's going on, but they're not looking in their own backyard and seeing if it's even in order. You know, you could be doing a ton for your community yeah. here in Austin. Uh, but I mean, too, we spent million dollars on a library, millions of dollars on a library, I mean, and we have nice people too. that are sleeping on the side of the road. Yeah, defund in the those capital libraries. city. But then, do you think it's the government? That's where I would be curious. Is do you think that the government should step in? See, for me, I really think we just need kind of a. A not a literal religious awakening, but a psychologically religious awakening to say, hey, you know what? If we don't want this stuff to happen, we should take the responsibility on us as individuals. Then why bother talking about what's happening at the border in in El Paso? Uh, What do you mean? He he brought that up a bit. Yeah, but I I mean, no, no, that's what I'm saying. You know, why? Then why should the mayor of Austin, Mayor Adler, then worry about what's happening in El Paso 
you know, well, I don't people think that are should. not even citizens. That's, yeah, of this that's country. not his. That's not his job. He's. I mean, they're not even just not citizens of the country, but they're, they're not, not even citizens of Austin. Austin. Yeah. It's like it's took a narrative, man. You gotta have one. Yeah, and that's that's why I worry that even on on all sides of politics, I think we try to scale up, and I don't think humans are good at mentally scaling up, and I don't think we can even adapt to it, myself included. You know, I'm not trying to have the hubris of I understand all the problems. I think we can only really address things on a moderately sized tribal structure effectively. You know, you right, can so, only keep track so of a few talk, people let, at a time. Let me ask Kyle Austin, who's running for state representative. You know, Kyle, you know, in a minute, can you tell me something? So back when you were talking about that kind of like Great Awakening aspect, I'd like to say that I think that we need a philosophic Great Awakening. Right. One where, like you were talking about the ego earlier, I think that it's good to have a rational ego, one that you are self-aware of what you are factually, but then not to inflate that with lies or anything else like that. But that way you know where you are. And once you know where you are and you don't think that you're somewhere else, then you can actually try to go out and start to to localize your values, like kind of realize what your values are and and help out people that are a part of your values. Because if you if you find somebody like your your friend or like if you have a kid or your parents, your family, your friends, homeless people, any kind of like passion that you have, once you know where you are and you you know exactly objectively where you are, you can start to then branch out and like yeah. really spread out your values to to a degree much higher than if you're going to be lying about where you are with an inflated ego. That's not. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is like a tox a toxic ego can often stem from one that that stems itself almost as di- existing as a discrete entity that will no longer grow. And I think that's kind of what, mm-hmm. what you're saying with that philosophical awakening is it's like people need to look outside of themselves. And I think like I got into. Uh, like I've always been kind of obsessed with philosophy, but I, I got into, you know, trying to understand really the extremes of where the human mind could go. So I read like radical people, like uh, some of the school shooters. And a lot of it was there was a lot of uh, of of intimate vulnerability in their writings. You know, right, so hold that thought. So, you know what, Mayor Allen, you got to think, think, think about what you're trying <laughs> yeah, to do. To focus me. on what's in front of you. Adler. That's right. This is Michael Cargill <laughs> and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hello, this is Gerald Darty, and I'm the Precinct 3 County Commissioner here in Travis County, and you're listening to Come and Talk It. Hey, Austin, wake up and fly right on Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It, and now here's Michael Cargill. All right, someone asked me, you know, why do you want to talk about John McCain? Well, because, you know, he's a he was a senior senator for the state of Arizona. And this guy served a very long time. He served our country, you know, faithfully. So absolutely, we do need to talk about him because we lost, you know, someone that was, I think, did a lot of good things for the country. And, you know, just like Aretha Franklin, their queen of soul. I mean, that's a that's a major loss all in the same week. So absolutely, we do need to think about those. I actually would like to ask you real quick about that because you often, you strike me as very, even more of a libertarian, which I very rarely meet than I am in some ways. And see, I never, I was never a big fan of of McCain. I think he did a lot of the uh, expansions of the the wars, uh, foreign wars. Uh, He was always in my opinion. That's right, because we had this argument the other day. We, the argument was, uh, you said, uh, what do you say? Well, you know. We were talking about new, we got off of the weeds about whether or not nuclear nuclear weapons weapons, should be owned by citizens. And and I said, 
Yeah, and I, I got, I'm torn because the philosopher in me who wants absolutes, you know, in a mathematical way of being like, everyone should be free, wants to say yes. But then the engineer in me who understands that, you know, having multiple safeguards and procedures is probably a good idea when you're dealing with if things you that can't can blow trust, up half a continent. And my, my thing is, if you can't trust a regular citizen, citizen with a nuclear weapon, then we can't trust the government. I See, I don't know. Yes, uh, I, yes but also no. Because so, like, so if the government should be able to have nuclear weapons, then every citizen should be able to have them. The government if you can is just own people. It, then, you know, if you can buy it, then you should own it. I'm, I'm just not convinced. Like, from an engineering point of view, I'm Go, not. Uh, 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 Rob Jordan. Uh? Oh, I was just going to say, I've already heard this. Uh, yeah, we already, already did this for like I, I, I'm just going to, let me say it straight. Uh, Michael thinks that we should own him. Uh, Dingo doesn't. That's the end of it. That's yeah, where, but let's, I want to know how this relates. Lay to, it on the table. Uh, to, uh, to I guess I'm just not enough of a libertarian purist. Like somewhere in me, I'm like, I'm like calling you libertarianism in question. Well, no, that's why I said <laughs> I, I call it in a question myself that, 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 that the, uh, I the, call a question. The, 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 <laughs> The conflict in me is that the pragmatic, you know, reality-based, like, okay, there are are now weapons on the planet mm -hmm. that can blow up a, a, half of a continent, you know, we've mecha And see, we've, we've been through this. We said, you know, hey, then what if it's a Starship Enterprise uh, or a spaceship and you have a phaser and you can fire that phaser at another ship, then yeah. th there's no difference that person turned that phaser around and firing it at a planet and destroying a planet. You know, if you if the government should be able to have that, you know, that at type least, of control then there's no reason why the people should have I guess it. the idea is like at least individuals in the government can't do things unilaterally you know with like Take nuclear policy back. you need so, multiple keys to turn you need like multiple people to make the decision uh, Take we yourself back. let's go back trumps. let's go back to the 1800s and you say okay when the when the constitution was written you know in that time frame they had muskets also then yeah. not only did they have muskets they also had machine guns but to me well. that's that's exactly where the theoretical that was the most powerful that. weapon that we knew of but that's, at the time that's laying the argument at it, just the idea of it being the most and we also, here's what we also discussed. Remember that that cannon on yeah, Congress? But a cannon is still discriminatory. You T aim and Describe you shoot the at something. On Congress. The the there's a young lady. Yeah, there's a there's a woman on canyon uh, on, on Congress who used Avenue. a cannon to to fight off the uh, Mexican army, and I completely agree with that. That's right. Like, and I would. That's and, why it's like. And because of this young lady, we this is the reason why yeah. Austin is still the capital of Texas. I would be for owning cannons. I would be for owning rocket launchers, automatic weapons. Of the only place where, as an engineer, as somebody who studied female. chemistry and, and and the understanding of how long these weapons poison environments, and also that they have no discriminatory basis. For for the most part, they just blow up and irradiate a massive area that maybe that is the, the where I could get. And same you thing know with what? like bio the government shouldn't be able to have it. Well, yeah. that's where I'm torn because we've given the federal government is like a pure. Now, I think the federal government is way overgrown. We talked about that. So, you know, don't I don't want to be casted as somebody who's like pro federal government. I'm libertarian on 99 percent of the fronts, but we've given the, the federal government the authority for national defense. I mean, that was one of the original reasons the federal government exists. And so they're there to confront other societies that is while we may be libertarian, philosophically pure, those other societies don't care. They're going to have nukes. So our federal government needs to be able to confront them. And that's where the libertarian and the pragmatist in me you know comes into conflict is because there's there's two conflicting principles and i agree the jury's not out but i think i would fall on the side sounds of, like to me you just need to go home tonight and just play with the left and the right hand and figure out what you're gonna do figure out what I, well, <laughs> well, I agree. well i think i err on the side of i would be i think okay like if it came down to me to make the decision i would be okay with amending the second amendment for the purpose of making absolute clarity about what exact classes of weapons can be restricted because sure. i'm very disturbed of the encroachment None. Like, yeah, and so you're none. I'm, I'm like, like, give me I, all. I, I want to have access to 
to everything. I would say indiscriminate max, like nah. uh, massive yield weapons. If I the think, government can own it, I want it. Well, yep. that's yeah. I, I get it's that just position. Property. But a tank. Yeah, a tank. Yeah, I'm not against tanks. I'm talking about massive yield, indiscriminate surface weaponry. to that's air it. missile. I'm fine with that. I'm talking nuclear. About, that's where I see. That's where I'm like. Because of the way Dingo just tramples all over our freedoms. Yeah, we just want nuclear yeah. weapons. Is that so much to ask for? I just want a world where I can have a recreational nuke yeah. and just live freely. I'm just gonna go out to the nuclear range real quick. Stand by. Exactly. I don't see what's wrong with it. Give me all. I want it all. I want it all. Okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, I don't mean what else were we talking about? I totally forgot now. Uh, McCain, yeah. McCain, yeah, yeah, McCain to nukes. Yeah, because oh. I kind of challenged you. I was like, <laughs> you keep talking McCain up. You were talking McCain up and be like, he's honorably. And I was like, I think he's one of the people that was kind of a chameleon and and was kind of anti-libertarian. He mm-hmm. made Very. the the military state a lot worse. He voted for the foreign wars. He was in my uh, if I'm remembering correctly, he voted for like things like the NDAA. Didn't he vote for the Patriot Act? Absolutely. Yeah. And he he also he wanted a war with Iran. He said right. bomb, yeah, bomb, he was bomb, bomb, war Iran. hawk, war hawk all day. And that's why I was like, as a libertarian, as somebody who's like, we should be able to own nukes. Like you're so, like I I agreed that he honorably served in the military. I'm not calling all that into question. But I feel like you're going a little easy on McCain. Yes, he's dead, but we're all gonna be dead one day. You know, we're not going to escape that. So I'm just challenging you on this. I'm challenging you on your own to show this. Trigger so lay morning. me out. <laughs> lay me out, Cargill. Lay me out. <laughs> Send all those little hate messages to trigger morning. Yeah, send them in. <laughs> Don't get triggered, guys. We'll, we'll, take, we'll take any mail at this point. Though, <laughs> right, right. A trigger morning. Trigger morning podcast at gmail.com. Please. There you go. There you go. Uh, it wasn't Michael. Oh, man, you're killing me right now. All right, so... <laughs> You're going to let that lay? You're just going to get called out on your own show like that, Michael? <laughs> Put me down like a dog. Oh, I'm just going to lay you out there and just leave it hanging and change the subject altogether. Silence. <laughs> just total silence right there. Well, I guess as libertarians, we've both got some conflict in us. Huh? That's okay. All right, so, you know, what goes through a person's head, you know, and, and I know this guy's going to get, the Uber driver's going to get fired. I'm, I'm convinced of that. Yeah, I, don't, I think that that's a, against it's a Uber's policy, policy that you're not supposed to be carrying in your in and, your vehicle. Yeah, yeah, and and the, and the you, sheriff you know how that ended, right? Did you guys look at the video, the interview? I did. The sheriff came. Oh, no, 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 I watched. The oh my video. god, the sheriff! Oh yeah, he was heartless. The sheriff comes out. Oh wait, and he holds up a picture and he says, "This idiot," <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, something to that sort. Yeah. You know, it's just like this guy. You know, uh, he sends text messages. You know, uh, apparently he was. He, he got the wrong vehicle. So basically what happened, I think what happened was that his the guy's girlfriend helped some stranger into an Uber get a ride home. And so this guy was, this lady was totally drunk in, in the back of the Uber. So the boyfriend just got the wrong vehicle, thought his girlfriend was in that vehicle, which she was not, and cut off the vehicle, ran the vehicle, the Uber off the road, had a cell phone in his hand, jumps out of his car, goes up to the, the vehicle and says, hey, I got a gun. I'll shoot you. And he also sent text messages making threats, you know, saying that, hey, he was going to do something to the Uber driver if he didn't pull over. And the Uber driver, of course, pulled out a gun and ended up shooting this guy. And so the sheriff was just he was heartless. I mean, he's just like, look, don't do it. If you don't want to wind up like this guy here, then don't get out of your vehicle. You know, and I don't have, I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I totally agree from like a, a the point of view of like you play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Right. 
But at the same time, I'm curious from like a purely legal point of view as the laws exist right now. I didn't see the video, so I could be totally like I'm not talking from a super informed position. Do you think the guy was justified? Because to me, it sounds quite, it, to me, it sounds stand questionable gr- if all the guys ground. said, yeah, but you the guy didn't your pro- ground from class. Yes, yes, but he didn't a right, produce a weapon. If you have a right to be there. Uh, he, you're he, not you're not committing the crime. Yeah, you don't provoke that person. Then you have a right to stand your right. ground. Right, and the kind yourself. of thing I'm questioning isn't the stand your ground. I totally agree with stand your ground. It's that like, do you think he was credibly in fear for his life just on saying like, "I'll shoot you" without you have, producing you, a weapon? Did the guy make the a video. move or anything? Yes, he pulled, oh, he pulled okay. out a cell phone. He pointed the cell phone at the guy, but at the time he thought it was it a gun. Looked like a gun. Oh, that's fair then. When okay, you look at the video, totally, yeah. yeah, you look at the video, video okay. really quick. It looks like yeah. My understanding was that he just verbally was like, "Hey, I'm gonna kill you, man," and then he shot. He was like this. He pointed oh, his hand, yeah, his, that, he extended his arm and said, you know, I'm going to shoot you. Yeah, that's a split-second decision. That makes sense. You don't you don't pull something out that is in your hand and say, I, I, yeah, that, that I, okay, totally justified. Oh, yeah, he Just won, glad we cleared that he up. He won Idiots and Stupid Prize of the Year there because he, now he, he's gone. He's history. Um, and it's, it's sad, you know, but, yeah, you definitely should stay in your vehicle. Stay in your vehicle. Don't get out of your vehicle. Don't put yourself in certain situations and, and things like that. What were you going to say, Rob Jordan? No, uh, well, actually, what's the um – you know, will he face charges because he got out of his vehicle? I mean, oh, he's dead. No, 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 no the no, other no, guy, the Uber, Uber driver. driver, Uber driver, Uber driver. Oh no, the Uber driver stayed inside of his wasn't vehicle. He was forced out. Or the Uber driver never got his vehicle. He stayed in his vehicle, oh, and then the guy oh, okay. approached him. It it happened he shot through the window. It literally, and I tell people this in class. This will be if you ever have to use your firearm, it will be fifteen seconds, twenty seconds, thirty seconds that would change your life forever. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know, that's it, and it, it happened just that quick. I want to say it was like fifteen seconds, and it was all over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what makes it so hard with the uh, like a lot of the police cases where people say, "Oh, he was unarmed," but it, then you watch the video and he made like really fast movements, like he was pulling something out. It's like these are decisions that happen immediately. So it's like when it comes to confrontations, whether it be with police officers, or civilians, be civil. You know, check your ego at the door because you never know when it's going to be your last day on the planet. Especially in Texas. This Not is Michael it. Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Chloe on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Welcome back to Come and Talk It, and now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're, we're talking about a lot today, and I want to ask my, my guests in the studio, you know, should we free the weed? You know, because here we just talked about Austin and some of the problems that we have here in Austin, Texas. We talked about some of the people that are living out in 100-degree weather on the streets. Uh, but there is prob- probably or possibly a way that we can actually help some of those people if we actually legalize marijuana. Um, and this next Texas legislative session, you know, maybe we should look into decriminalizing or legalizing marijuana and, and actually taxing it so that way we can possibly uh, lower or eliminate property taxes or that triple net um, that franchise tax, you know, you know, either lower that or eliminate some of that stuff altogether, and then actually, you know, provide some assistance or some help to people that are in need, you know, to get them you know, off their feet and and push them along, not continue assistance, but at least to give them a lift up, give them some help. So, what what do you guys, you know, thoughts on that? You know, should we legalize weed and should we tax it or what? I think we should let the libertarian and the guy running for office jump on that one. <laughs> you want to go first, guy? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? So in my eyes, when you're talking about should this thing be legal and it's just property, then it's a question of property rights. And I think that we should we should 
it, we were talking earlier about changing the Second Amendment, and I think the most effective way to defend guns would be if you were to change the Second Amendment, you would change it to a property rights amendment, and you just say it's legal to own property, and the only thing that would be illegal is actions that would infringe upon the rights of others. Owning something at your home, consuming it, uh, selling it, producing it, does not infringe upon the rights of anybody else. It does not initiate force upon anybody else. I don't see a reason why it should be illegal. It, If anything, allowing people to have property rights to that kind of extent is only going to help the economy. That's just a side effect. That shouldn't be a reason why it should be legal, but it's just going to be, it's just going to be a beneficial side effect anyway. So I'm completely for property rights. I don't think that having those kinds of property rights would, would be any kind of infringement upon anyone else's rights. What were your thoughts? Well, I was just going to say, I'd, I'd like to see decriminalization as opposed to legalization. I just want any trace of marijuana, cannabis, whatever it's going to be referred to, removed from the penal code. And therefore, it's just not going to be a crime anymore. I don't like the idea of taxing. I don't like the idea of taxation in any way, shape, or form. So I don't think that's in any way surprising. But I have no doubt if it would have even been fathomable at the time that the founding fathers would have put in the constitution that you are allowed to grow plants on your property and consume them and use them in any way, shape or form you see fit. I have no doubt that if that was some, a thought that crossed their mind that the government would ever infringe on that, right, they would have written it in. But I think it was just so out of context and, and such a f idea that didn't seem plausible in any way, shape or form. That's why it's not written in the bill of rights there. I mean, I think that pretty much sums it up. I, I, I'm pretty completely libertarian on this. I, I guess, like, what do you, the only curiosity is, what do you mean by legalization versus decriminalization? You just want it gone. What would you consider to be legalization, I guess is the question. Legalization would say that um, you're now able to legally use and consume and purchase marijuana. Um, there's going to be regulations on to where you can do that, who you can get it through, what kind of... Um, licenses and fees that they're, they're going to have to pay as a producer of that to sell it to you whereas decriminalization just removes any punishment for use of or carrying or growing or anything what about an age limit i was just going to ask that uh i i would i would be okay with it um being treated like alcohol in that regard but at the same time also there's there's such the medical benefits to it especially with children with epilepsy it gets into a really really gray area oh, yeah yeah i think with a doctor you should be able to use just about any substance you want that the doctor and you you know agree on but there are negative effects i think in uh children who use marijuana before the age it's like 25 isn't it yeah i mean your brain's not done developing yeah. structurally until you're about your spine 25. and all that doesn't um and from my understanding now this was research from a few years ago that might have updated since then but from my understanding the areas of the brain to do with like short-term memory uh and the like specifically the limbic systems uh can be affected in the size and shape when you do a lot of marijuana at a young age um, no i totally get that I, I guess then at that point i would say probably 18 if yeah, you're if yeah, you're I legally agree. allowed to be viewed yeah. as an adult then yeah, if you, you can, to me, choice. if you can join the military and you can get, you know... Okay, hold on, I'm stuck. It makes you stupid at 12, it's going to make you stupid at 18. Oh, uh, well, no, it's like <laughs> the earlier, the worse, essentially, right. is like your brain, it's... Because it, think of it this way, it's a chemical that actually affects your endocannabinoid system, which there's endocannabinoid systems all throughout the body, but a lot of them are really crucial to the actual, like, development of, of certain brain regions that deal with, like, short-term memory and emotionality. Right. And so if you're taking that when your brain is growing really rapidly in your teen years then you're going to have more effect on that growth. You know, if you take it in your, you know, early 20s, it's, it's, from my understanding, it's not going to have as much of an effect as if you 
take it consistently when you're 12, you know? It's like, think about how fast even just size, like outside of the brain, how fast children grow versus adults. You know, you might squeeze in another inch around 20, but overall you're not going to be like, you know, sprouting up. Okay. And all that said, I think we're, we're pretty, you know, we're, we're for it. I mean, oh, yeah, I'm totally yeah, yeah. for it. That was just I never elite. thought of the, the distinction between legalizing and yeah. decriminalizing. Though. The only argument I would That's have for, for legalizing versus decriminalizing in some aspect of a positive affirmation Free in the we. law would be to create a, a somewhat of a legal crisis, a constitutional fight between the federal and state government to try and get the federal laws off the state's books. rights. Because if mm-hmm. you don't have anything on the books on the states, then it's still seems like the federal government still has. I would like to see that conflict more between states and the federal government to actually force the fight. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. What do you think? Uh, well, so you mentioned state versus federal, and yeah. uh, I see that as one government versus having another government look over. I'm all about individual rights. I'd rather just see the legalization across the board. Just it's I, it's property. Yeah, that's why I agree. So, that's why it's like I would like the yeah, states to, but to I don't, legalize. I don't want the states to then be the ones to say, oh, you can't have it in this state. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, I want to live in this state, but it's got these six out of ten things that I like. And then this other state has these four out of ten things. I don't want to have to like move because some states decide to infringe them on my natural individual rights. I mean, from a purely libertarian point of view, I totally agree. But then from a point of view of I'd like government to kind of be like a buffet, I would prefer the states to have more control than less. I would then have freedom to choose. Right, yeah, with your feet. It's definitely better than... So state versus federal, I'd rather have state be the one to choose. Well, I'm going to take it from the stance of a liberal and say, you know what? I don't think you should do it because, you know what? It's bad for you. And well, I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell you that it's, it's bad for you, and I don't want you to do it because I think it's bad for you. Well, you know, I think on both sides, whether it be really conservative or really liberal, you know, how about we just stop telling each other in an authoritative faction <laughs> what's bad and good. Like, I can, I can advise. Like, I used to smoke pretty frequently. I stopped, the you know, a, about a year ago, and I'm glad I did it honestly but I'm also glad I stopped like I think that it is a good thing to do maybe in your mid-20s uh, I think it can actually Why? kind of because I think even just the idea of having a, a substance I don't, alcohol, I don't do it never done it you know and it, it's well I shouldn't say never but I don't do it because just, I don't like that I, feel well I it's, and that's fine it's not that you have to do it. it's one thing that like I would suggest as an experience like to me it, it expanded my conscious, and I don't mean literally like I could see things. It, it, it expanded my ego in a sense. Just the idea, like I used to have a really strong, strong sense of self, but just that realization that taking a chemical, well, all of a sudden the song sounds different. Whoa, mm. this food tastes different. It, 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 I, we mentioned this on our show. Is that it, I think it actually added to my ability to understand empathy in the sense that not just, oh, we experience the same emotions, but everybody in this room because of their slightly different brain chemistry is probably experiencing slightly different emotions. So I think a little bit of dabbling in a responsible dabbling. way in, in psychoactive compounds can be useful, but then you can make a religion out of it and be like, dude, the mushrooms told me, man. Yeah. Every, yeah. Everything in moderation for sure. But I, I, I agree. And I think it's I, to your point, Michael is that's fine. If, if you think that it's bad for me, and you think I shouldn't be doing it, you don't get to initiate force against yeah, me. Don't have a bunch of guys kick down your door it. and be like, give me all those plants. Because that's what's happening. Well, we, we, I mean, that's know. where we are today because yeah. we're at the point where some certain people don't like things that certain people are saying, sort of like Facebook. It's like, you know what? Someone doesn't like, doesn't like what you're saying. Instead of them unliking your page or unfriending you, they're like, you know, we're going to silence you. Mm-hmm. 
That person has the controls in their hands. They have the choice to either not like your page, not friend you, block you, block you, you so they you. can't yeah. see you. Exactly. But instead of them taking the controls in their hands and and say, you know what, I want to make sure I don't see that. They just want to make sure that you're silent. And that's well, a I problem. Think it's kind of the hubris of the intellectuals thinking that, oh, these are dangerous ideas and impressionable people are going to get a hold of them. It's like, yeah, there's some truth to that, but all ideas are dangerous. I mean, once upon a time, Galileo's realization that the Earth was round and we, you know, that the universe didn't orbit the Earth, that was a dangerous idea. I mean, sharing ideas is inherently dangerous. Well, and life, life is dangerous in general. No, it's not. And <laughs> life is great. I'm, I'm going to live forever. I'm never going to yeah. die. And you need to constantly be in Have a you ever seen these people downtown on these scooters life oh is great God. in austin scooters all over the place <laughs> i, I mean they're that. going like i've seen people uh, yesterday i was on i was on congress and i was at reddit congress and i forget the cross street and i was getting across over the the congress bridge there and this guy was going down congress as fast as he possibly could on the scooter and then he made a left turn and he went head on he was on his cell phone talking to someone and he almost <laughs> ran head on to a with a car i'm like man it's only a matter of time before someone kills himself on one of these scooters yeah it's going to be amazing it's going yeah, <laughs> to happen it's going to be amazing. in the herd guys been in the herd in the herd cuz there no regulation whatsoever no one cares they're just like they're just running up and down congress you know down 6th street you know on these little scooters as fast as they possibly can and with no control whatsoever it's just a matter of time i'm just keep waiting okay oh, i just hope it's on facebook live with that <laughs> no i mean it, it is going to happen but kind of back to to what you were saying as well if if you're pushing this dangerous idea underground and trying to silence it that's going to give validity to it in the eyes of a lot of people oh, as yeah. well why is this thing so dangerous that they don't want me to know what it is. Yeah, we were talking actually, Michael, a little bit about that, about bump, bump stocks, where people want them just because they're banned. Right. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Sound off on the news of the day with the Talk Poll. Online at Talk1370.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so, you know, I was going to talk about a little bit more about Aretha Franklin. But we, we honestly, we had a chance to say goodbye to her this week because it was 10 hours long. Yeah. The, the funeral was 10 <laughs> hours long. I didn't watch long. it. You know, I'm, oh, it was 10. I went to work. It was on. I went home. It was still on. 10-hour <laughs> oh, funeral. What were they doing? What do you do at a 10-hour funeral? It, it was a lot. Everyone that got up to speak, they gave a eulogy. Oh, man. Literally, everyone. I would so just, and it was you know you're talking 45 I just minutes. I canceled my speech of it, halfway it, and be like never mind. <laughs> she was eulogized at least 15 to 20 times, and then you know performers. The music was great. I mean, it was like a con, it was a free concert. Yeah, it was beautiful. It really was. It was and nice. He, it was a it? gold casket. She had a gold casket. She was laying a red dress with red uh, shoes on, with her legs crossed in the casket. Well, do you think that that kind of treatment of celebrities is warranted? Do you think? I mean, it's a free country, so people can. But what do you think? She's a queen of soul. Yeah, fair enough. She's an icon. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought it was beautiful. 
it was it, it's just a way of you know for people to say goodbye you yeah know, and showing people. respect to somebody that had yeah. such a cultural footprint i totally mm-hmm. i understand yeah. that and she's she's been through you know she's lived through so many different decades and she's she's been there at, at some key points uh and key turns you know of our country so and she's you know she's always been there standing on the stage singing that song you know at certain points so it was i think it was fitting you know to say goodbye the way they did so i thought that was good um, do you mind if I ask a quick question of the the libertarians in the room? <laughs> I mean, I am a fellow libertarian, oh, but I boy. think most of our discussion today has kind of revolved around libertarianism. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as a candidate and also somebody that works in the kind of the official political structure, what do you guys think that the libertarians uh, can do to stop being so irrelevant in a sense? Ooh, that's something that we're trying very. Uh, yeah, that's we're tr- we're trying really hard yeah. uh, to, to get more. Uh, exposure, doing our best that we can there, putting forward great candidates. Uh, like I said, our gubernatorial candidate is doing great going going around. They've actually, we put enough pressure on the debate commission that they've said, okay, if you can meet this fundraising threshold, you'll get to participate in the debate as well. So uh, do stuff like that. Uh, I mentioned earlier off air that our gubernatorial candidate in New York is going to be on the Joe Rogan podcast, a man by the name of Larry Sharp. He's making big waves. So Part of it's people are becoming more interested, especially after 2016. So it's it's a word that people aren't necessarily as unfamiliar with as they were two years ago. So that's part of it. Um, trying to put a good face out there, uh, trying to let people know that, yeah, just like every other party, we've got our crazies. Ours seem a little bit louder because we're smaller, so they get a lot more attention than the rest yeah, of us. And, and libertarianism, myself included, tends to attract the eccentric types, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And we love them. Yeah. I, I, I love our I love our crazies. All the founding fathers were pretty eccentric. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, like, they, they did dueling in the street. Yeah, yeah. Hamilton got killed <laughs> <Seriously. duel. laughs> Literally, they were dueling each other in the street. You had a vice president. Was it a vice president that was killed? Uh, Hamilton, Hamilton one of the I mean one of the key authors of the Constitution. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that that's kind of the the main thing is consistently staying on our message, which I think we have the best message. We're also cursed by being consistent. Yeah, uh, which is really easy to be attacked on by both the right and the left. Yeah, that's where I think uh, that libertarianism, and it's kind of like we're, when we were talking about the nuclear weapons, where it's like uh, most people think it's pragmatic not to have nuclear weapons, but but because libertarians are so uncompromising from it, I would say that 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 the other the the main political parties are less motivated by really clear cut like rationally defined philosophical principles, mm-hmm. and I think it's kind it can make libertarianism a little unapproachable. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I think that libertarianism has done a really poor job of reaching out to young people. I think it could be a really young, rebellious uh, political philosophy, and it could make waves in the way that progressivism, unfortunately, has. Um, but I don't think that libertarianism has like had effective even online outreach or in colleges or anything where they're actually getting young people together and go, man, like maybe we should scale back the government, you know, burn it all down. <laughs> and that's uh, yeah. And that's kind of part of it, too, is we do have a very uh, much older party. Uh, you know, the median age is definitely going to be, you know, kind of around the boomer period, a little bit younger than that. So we're starting to get more young people that are getting involved and have energy and they're reaching out in these different platforms. And part of the biggest reason, too, and part of why I try to get out as much as I can is absolutely we have been defined by the other two parties. And I'm very tired of it. I'm very tired of being told on TV or, you know, whatever form of media that 
oh, here's a Republican talking about what a libertarian is. Oh, here's a Democrat talking about what yeah. a libertarian is. I want us getting out there. I want us talking about ourselves to be the ones like, no, this is what a yeah, libertarian is. I'm memes. a libertarian. This is what we are. We're not what they're saying we are. So yeah. No, I totally agree. All right, well, I guess as, since you guys are in the mix, I would just reach out to young people more. That would be my only piece of advice, you know, really focus on the people that are actually going to come in and, and, you know, make the waves. All right, so tell me, uh, what, do you, what are your thoughts on the ghost gunner and the 3D, and 3D printing and what Cody Wilson is doing? Because Cody came out this week. Well, actually, a judge said, you know what, uh, defense distributed, Cody Wilson, you cannot give away the plans to 3D printing. So you can't give them away. So then Cody came back the next day and say, okay, since I can't give them away, I'll sell them. So, <laughs> so basically some people said, hey, I buy it for zero cents or I'll buy the plans for a dollar or a penny or whatever. And so now he's selling the, the blueprints to firearms. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Are you asking anybody in particular or just? Not just anybody. <laughs> what are your thoughts on it? Well, the whole uh, the whole three D printing the whole well, Ghost Gunner Michael uh, Ghost Gunner schooled two. me a little bit on it on uh, our podcast because I didn't really see the point because those guns break down in like you know um, after a use two uses you know but I, the idea they're not, is they're that not the reliable right but uh, what you had said was that the uh, we need to let the government know that you can't you know put a tamp on this you can't uh, it's about the know, First Amendment right. Yeah. Code is speech. You can't own, yeah, yeah, yeah you can't yeah. own letters and numbers on a screen. Yeah, and on that front, like, I guess for me, from the principled point of view, I'm totally in Cody's corner, like, 100%. Is it from a pragmatic point of view? I think it's totally, like, the issue is a little overblown where technology is now. It's like those guns fall apart. You know, you can shoot once with the actual ones that are completely 3D printed. Mm -hmm. And with when people are like, you can 3D print an AR-15, it's like, no. no, you can 3D print a lower receiver, which is essentially the hunk of plastic that houses the hammer, and that is it. All of the combustion, everything that goes boom and the bullets fly out of is still made out of metal. That's the upper receiver. Well, and you have to be competent enough to put it together. Not So you got to spend the thousands of dollars on the 3D printer. Right. You got to be competent enough to put it together. It would still just be easier to go through the process of buying a gun. Yeah, or or making it in a metal shop. Like we're not at a point yet with 3D printers where you can make some crazy high density plastic where you can sustain nonstop explosions in it. That's just not there yet. Yeah. All right, and so uh, and, and also this week a lot of people were upset at Meghan McCain because they're you know, giving her a hard time because the way she, I guess, ad admonished or the way she talked about the current administration doing the eulogy of her father, um, John McCain. And so my thing is she's not an elected official. She's not elected into office. So if she wants to go up, go up and give a eulogy of her father and mention the White House or, you know, indirectly or whatever, or, you know, talk about her father. That's her right to do that. That is, you know, her father's funeral. She can say whatever she wants. She's not an elected official. She's not a politician. She's a regular citizen who has a right to say whatever she wants and use whatever medium she wants, you know, just whatever words or whatever. Yeah, I what think we, we overhype things and don't give people allowances. Even. I mean, it's your father's funeral. If she wants to go up there in a chicken outfit and have a mental breakdown and cluck. She can. You can. Mm -hmm. Like, come on, people. Like, I don't. 
I don't know. I think we've, t- we've turned everything political. I think we've turned it into the way we treat like reality TV where we get on people's teams and then we're like, you know, like it's like back when Twilight was out and all the te- teenage girls are like, <laughs> Team Jacob, Team Edward. We've done that with the people that have their fingers on the nuclear weapons that the government owns. <laughs> yeah. People love nothing more than in 2018 than to be offended. And yeah. That's, that's everybody and across to be involved, the political like, spectrum. Drama. Yeah. And somebody else's drama. And it's it's annoying. The oppression Olympics is here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the oppression Olympics. And we're doing that with everything. You know, it's, it, it, I mean, Facebook is doing this. You know, Twitter is doing this. When they don't like what someone is saying, you know, we're, you know, banning or blocking or, you know, just stopping speech. And I, I think that's a problem. That's going to be a, a problem with society. That's going to be a problem with this next election that comes up. You know, we're, we're having an issue where, we're allowing social media to actually control this election. We're all talking about Russia, 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 but Facebook and Twitter, they're doing a lot worse than what Russia is, has done. And in worst case scenario, like, I don't understand, like, if there was some actual illegal, uh, like, criminal Nixon-style collusion, sure, prosecute that. But I don't know why everyone's un- unhappy or even unsuspecting that Russia and China and everybody in the world is going to jump on Facebook and try to influence the election of the most powerful militaristic country in the entire planet. Like, isn't that just a given? I mean, Facebook's not American. It's global. Billions of people are on it. Of course Russia's going to jump on there and be like, there's who you should vote for. Well, not only that, it's... We interfere in other elections across the globe all the time, yeah. usually violently. So oh, yeah. if this is what's going to happen, if this is the worst that Russia's going to do, I'll take that over a viol- <laughs> over the violence that we and, impart on well, people. Well, to me, though, it's like Russia is a foreign country, and if, if uh, the United States is, is a democratic republic and the seat of power is supposed to be the people, then who else is Russia supposed to try and influence than the American people? You know, to me, it's kind of an oxymoron when you really, like, drop down to the theory of American government. They're supposed to try and influence our elections. They're supposed to negotiate with us through memes. And their, ex- their inter- interference was exposing the truth about the DNC. Let's be honest. Yes. Were, were you going to say, Rob? Because you were leaning forward. Oh, oh no, no, no. Uh, I mean, I just think that whatever the Russians are doing is deeply seated, though, because I'm not on Facebook and I still voted for Donald Trump. <laughs> I, what are they doing? They're literally... They got in your mind, man. Yeah. They're in your subconscious, bro. Yeah. It's the mushrooms, dude. It, it's, it's funny because if you're that weak of a person that you allow someone to influence you, you know, without you doing the research, then that's on you. You know, shame on you. Do the research. Uh, get involved in what's going on know what's happening around you and make an informed decision. You know, if you, if you don't do that, then, hey, shame on you. Um, I didn't vote for Donald Trump. I actually voted for Gary, Johns- Gary Johnson. So, <laughs> so, you know, but, I, you know, I support him now. I su- you know, and the reason I support him is because he's getting so much flack, uh, you know, and things are actually, I see things actually going pretty good. I see some of the things that he's doing. I see what he's trying to do, which trying to he's trying to kickstart some of these different companies by stopping certain things from happening in other countries, taking um, advantage of us. So absolutely, you know, I, I, I'm all for in what he's doing. As always, more guns equals less crime. Go out there and buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Keep your change.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.